Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hello, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Uh, not much hanging out on this Wednesday. Yep. Mm-hmm. We got the team here with us. Mitch Vereldis, our producer. Eric Ruby, our afternoon contributor. Tomorrow we're out at Sanderson Ford. We are indeed. 51st Avenue in Glendale. 51st Avenue yes. in Glendale. It's been, uh, it's, been, it's been a minute, as the kids would say. Yeah, right? from the pandemic on, we haven't done very many remotes at all. Yeah, uh, we shut down for quite a while, but now, yeah, we'll be at Sanderson Ford tomorrow. Yeah. We'll give it away the big red rake. Come by and say hi to us. We'll be there. Uh, we've actually mm-hmm. got bonus Burns and Gambo, so we'll be there until 6.30. Yeah, come on by. Looking for we have, you know, since the ever, a lot of things change for a lot of people, obviously, and some more than others with the pandemic and everything. And one of the things that really went away was was road shows, right? I mean, we've done a few for the Suns during the playoffs where we've been at the Ainsworth, or we've been at the arena, and sometimes we're places like that. But, but a, a remote like tomorrow, man, we used to do those, what, two a week, right? I mean, during football. Season. Yeah. We do like three a week. We were always out. And uh, that was one of the things that we just, for obvious reasons, kind of faded away during the pandemic. And, and we're back on the road tomorrow. So we're looking forward to that. Um, we were waiting, wondering when would it be? When would it take place? It's our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We want action! Burns and Gambo, the way in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Ian Rappaport. The Arizona Cardinals have received permission to speak with Saints coach Sean Payton, sources say, as they plot out their coaching search. One of the more coveted coaches available, Payton also has an interview looming with the Denver Broncos. Okay, there it is. That's the second team that we know of that will meet with Sean Payton. That interview cannot... Uh, the interview stream cannot start until January 17th. Uh, this is according to Peyton as certain rules because he's under contract with the New Orleans Saints. But if the Cardinals did reach out to him, as we discussed yesterday about the Broncos, it's very likely that they had discussed what the compensation would be were they to hire him and what they would have to give to the New Orleans Saints because there's going to be compensation. Now, I am 100% against giving up their first round pick this year. Maybe they can give up their second round pick or maybe a future first. I don't even want to give up next year's first, but <laughs> I but I do want Sean Payton. Like I do I, I want Sean Payton. That that is a guy you know, that, that, that's had a lot of success. He knows how to win. He's won a Super Bowl. He's well respected. You know, he'll hold people accountable. He'll build a culture here of winning. He'll hire the right coaching staff. Listen, I imagine you're going to pay him between 15 and $20 million a year. I would think. Okay. Yep. So, Michael, meeting with Peyton, you've got to, one, have to agree to the, whatever the, Saints want for compensation, and two, you're gonna have to pay Peyton probably amongst the top three head coaches in the league. Now, I will say, uh, Peter Schrager from the NFL Network and Fox Sports, shortly thereafter, the report from Ian Rappaport tweeted this out: The Houston Texans have also requested permission from the New Orleans Saints to speak with Sean Payton. According to sources, he cannot formally interview with any team until January seventh. Now, what's interesting about that? Rappaport, and maybe this is just words, all right? Maybe this means 
means nothing. Rappaport's report says the Cardinals have received permission. Schrager's report says the Texans have asked permission. Big difference. There's a big difference. Now, maybe that's just wording, and maybe they didn't word it. Maybe Schrager didn't word his rights out of some error. But there is a big difference, right, between yes. receiving permission to do something and asking permission to do something. I, I, yes. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a difference in there or not. But something you said really stood out to me, and we talked about this on Monday quite a bit. You would think logically, okay, you, you don't have to give up compensation to interview him, right? You just need to no. request permission and be granted permission. It does seem like a waste of everybody's time for the Saints to grant a team permission if they're not willing to meet the threshold that it takes. No, it's just a, wa- a waste of everybody's so time. Let's, just, let's not waste our time. Are you willing to give us what we want or not? Because if you're not, then why are, we're not going to waste Sean's time. We're not going to waste your time. We're not going to waste anybody's time. This is the price to get in. If you're not willing to pay the price, there's no sense giving you a ticket, right? I gotta think yeah. that conversation on some level has happened between the Cardinals and the Saints in order for us to get to this moment. The Saints GM Mickey Loomis was on his weekly radio show on WWLAM 870. He said, I don't think we make any assumptions. That's ultimately up to Sean and other teams. We are in a position where we are going to get compensation and what that is and what it looks like remains to be seen. We don't go in there planning on having any particular compensation at this point. So that's what he said. Now, Peyton and Loomis are longtime friends. They're on good terms. Um, you know, so maybe that, you know, would get him out a little bit easier. I don't know. Uh, there are sources in the, from the New Orleans Times Picayune that say that they've discussed the situation, including potential compensation. They're committed to reaching an amicable solution for both sides. Loomis likes Peyton, wants him to enjoy future success, but his job is to manage the Saints and he won't accept anything below market value for a coach widely considered one of the best in the business. Yeah. Uh, If you're curious, since you and I both agree, and I think most of our listeners would agree, you can't give up number three for Sean Peyton. The Cardinals also, as of right now, have number 35, have number 67, have number 97 or somewhere around there as a comp pick. They also have number 105. Now we're getting into the fourth round. So they've got a first, a second, two thirds and a fourth. And of course, next year's inventory as well, if they wanted to. Now, Sean Payton, this is sound from November 28th. He was on the Colin Cowherd show. He talked about knowing the Bidwills for a long, long time, and I'll let him explain how. I was a ball boy for this team back in, I'm going to date myself, but when the St. Louis Cardinals, before they were the Arizona Cardinals, their training camp was held at Eastern Illinois, where I went to school. And so the early years there in the 83, 84, 85, it was Hannafin and then became Gene Stallings. Yeah. You know, we we clean the rooms, bring towels to the rooms. We'd have a summer job. The Neil Lomax team. Neil Lomax had just taken over for Jim Hart. Um, Mr. Bidwell Senior was the owner at that time, and and I, I I think I know that family well enough. Interesting. Not here, yeah, not I, there. Yeah. Just interesting. Not a reason to take a job, but yeah. obviously there is a relationship that dates back to the eighties, for goodness sakes. Yeah, listen, if he if if he's got his choice of three or four jobs, you've just got you know, what's you know, some people can judge these jobs. This is the best job. This is it's all in the eyes of the beholder, as you said the other day, right? Beauty's in the eyes of the beholder. 
you know, what does he what does he think about the job? Does he want to get, listen? It's a, it's a great place to live. Yeah, you want to be here in in, in December and in January and in, in, in November. Like it's a great place to live during the football season. Like he may like he may like that they have Kyler Murray at quarterback. He may like some of the things about the organization. And listen, you know what's another thing? This is a great challenge. They've never won here. <laughs> never won. That's true. I mean, it's, it's true, right? Yeah. They, they've never won. So you like you know if you could win here. Yep. That's iconic. That's iconic to come here and, and win. To turn around that organization. No yeah, doubt. you go to Denver, like, yeah, listen, nothing against Denver. I think it's the best job, but they won with Elway. They won with Peyton. They've won. Like, they've won before. So this is an opportunity to go to a franchise that's never won a Super Bowl. It's only played in one of them, yeah. and give them and try to deliver a Super Bowl. Ian Rappaport followed up his tweet with this, quote, I would imagine Sean Peyton would have some ideas for how to utilize Kyler Murray's talents, close quote. I would imagine. So I think the other thing that would, would very likely appeal to Sean Payton in this job, in addition to the money that he would no doubt get, because you're right, it's going to be somewhere between 15 and $20 million, probably closer to the high end of that, would be the power. Would be the power, right? right. Would be the the. I mean, you're getting Sean Payton, and that's why that's why I've always thought the Broncos maybe not because they have a general manager. It's why I always thought the Cowboys maybe not because Jerry Jones is going to be so involved. This is everybody when talking about the benefits of the Arizona jobs. They kind of start with that. They say you've got an opportunity to come in here and be a very powerful head coach, not just a coach, but a coach who gets to shop for the groceries and cook the dinner too, right? And if that's what Sean Payton wants, if that's what Sean Peyton is demanding. There might not be that many teams willing to give him that. And if the Cardinals are willing to cede that to him, to give him that control, that might be ultimately what makes him go, yep, that's where I want to be because I will be in charge. Functional ownership is one of the most important criteria for Peyton. It's been reported everywhere. Can I play the soundbite for you? Go ahead. It plays right into that. This is Peyton with Peter Schrager over the weekend. I think that it's really about the triangular relationship, ownership, front office, head coach. Uh, when we went to New Orleans, and I say we because there were a lot of people involved, the quarterback was unsettled at that time. So I, I think ownership and uh, the functionality of, of the front office is most important. All right. In the New Orleans Times, pick a union. They, they kind of rule Arizona out. I'm going to read you what they said. Okay. Peyton learned the value of strong ownership management from his mentor, Bill Parcells. When he says it's the most important thing in his pursuit of a new team, he means it. It's not posturing. For those reasons, I would be surprised if he landed in Arizona which has a history of a dysfunctional ownership. Denver, which has requested permission from the Saints, is also intriguing. I also wouldn't rule out Houston or Carolina. Doesn't rule out Houston, doesn't rule out Carolina, Mm -hmm. doesn't rule out Denver, but says I would be surprised to be landed in Arizona, which has had a history of dysfunctional ownership. Didn't they used to say the same things about Robert Sarver before he hired Monty Williams? Didn't yeah, I think Sean Payton's a different level coach than Monty Williams. Oh, uh, 1,000 and Nothing against Monty. 1,000 I'm just saying the stigma of being a dysfunctional organization, the stigma of being not one of the best owners. You, The day Robert Sarver hired Monty Williams, his perception, at least in terms of that around the league, changed dramatically. Michael's got that same opportunity here in front of him if he gives him the money and the power that he would want. So I would say this, because I think if Peyton takes that job, it's he would have to maybe he brings in you know Jeff Ireland, mm-hmm. the assistant GM in New Orleans with him. I would say if there's no GM hiring between now and the 17th, that's a good sign pointing towards them being able to get Peyton. I would think if they hire right. a GM before that, it, you know. 
Yeah, it may, it, it, it no, may no, mean that they're not going to get Peyton. I, I don't think there's any maybe about it. I mean, unless it's a, a hand-picked general manager that Sean Payton has said, yeah, go get that guy. I, I think it's highly, highly, highly unlikely. If they hire a GM, that that means Sean Payton is coming here. I, I think that basically rules the Cardinals out if that happens. All right, we'll keep an eye on this story, of course. But once again, if you're just tuning in, the Cardinals have received permission from the New Orleans Saints to interview Sean Payton. No interviews with Payton can take place until next Tuesday at the earliest. When we come back, the Phoenix Suns ran us through the entire gamut of emotions last night, and in the end, they got the win. That's next, Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Josh will cross the timeline and dribble this baby out. The Suns are going to win it by a dozen at Golden State. They'll put an end to their six-game losing streak and snap a four-game road skid as well. There's the buzzer. Suns win. Final score, 125-113. They knock off the Warriors. They beat their asses is what they did. I'll tell you, though, you say that, you're not wrong. And then Poole hits a three, and it's a six-point game. If if, If that game is three minutes longer... Golden State wins. You know, did you not? I'm I'm sitting there. The Suns are up 27 after Mikhail hits a jump shot. They're up by 27 points in the third quarter. And I'm still sitting to myself like, Dad, you know, Kerr's still got everybody out there. And he's not like... I think that's the threat with the Warriors is that, like, they just have that ability. Like, yep. you, like even that late in a game, it, it, you know, you kind of feel like they can still find a way to outscore you by 20 and a quarter. It wasn't even their offense. It was their defense that was forcing, what was it, 13 turnovers in the okay. fourth quarter Three by the Suns. offensive fouls by the Suns. Jacques Landale had two offensive fouls back-to-back. Yeah, it was a mess. It was, it was, it was just it was, offensive foul after offense. It, it was three in a row. And, and that's why I think... If that game, thank goodness, that game. I've never watched a clock more than I have in a regular season game, I think, in the last two or three years. Where I'm just like, come on, tick, 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 tick. Got to waste that clock down to nothing. Because if that game had gone on two or three minutes longer, I think the Suns lose because all everything was just building for the Warriors. Look, they had lost 14 of their last 18. They had lost nine of their last 10. They had one starter out there. They played nine guys last night. Mm. That's a hell of an effort from the Phoenix Suns last night to beat basically a full-strength Golden State Warrior team. Now, I know the other guys are coming back. Steph Curry, that was his first game back in a few weeks. I get yeah. all that. But to go beat that team in that building with that lineup, I tip my cap to the Phoenix Suns for pulling that one out. That was a really fun win to watch last yeah, night. Yeah, Curry was not really happy. He took responsibility after the game for not having his team ready to play. I have it right here. Can I play this? Yeah, go ahead. Let me play this for you. I take responsibility for that. I clearly didn't have our guys ready uh, to play, and that's that's my fault. Um, I've got to do a better job of, you know, giving them the the, the slap in the face that, that Phoenix gave us, you know, in the first quarter. Like you, you, these games are always they always go like this. A team's got a bunch of starters out, and then all the guys who normally don't play much they can't wait to get out there. A guy like Sarich comes out and and just you know. Uh, kicks our butt and these are all NBA players these guys you know are all great players this is this is the league uh, there's no easy days in the league your boy Dario played a re- played extremely well he did he really did did you notice why did I notice why he played center 
I hadn't thought of it like that. He but, was yeah. their center last night. Yeah. Small ball five. Haven't we always talked about what a perfect role that is for Dario? Now, you can't do it against several teams in the league, but you could do it against the Warriors who don't play a traditional five. You probably can't do it tonight against Nicole. No, you can't do Denver it tonight. Nuggets, like, you but, can't you know. do it tonight. But last night, Dario was playing the five. Yeah. And it's where he has an advantage. He doesn't have advantage over guys at the four because he's not quick enough to guard some of the fours now. But if you put Dario at the five, there is an advantage if you're playing a team that doesn't have a dominant center. He can actually outplay those guys. Yeah, he, he played extremely well last season night. Season high 19 points, tied a season high with nine rebounds, season high in assists. He also had six turnovers. He was kind of part of the turnover problem, too. That was an How issue. How many did they for have him. in the fourth quarter? 13. 13, right? 13, 13. 13 turnovers in the fourth Man. quarter last night. It was it was just it was it was a mess. But but Mikel Bridges was steadying down the stretch. Dwayne Washington Jr. got his first start of the season. He but was the, terrific. Didn't play in the I, fourth I didn't quarter. He was a they, they, would, they kept turning the ball. Why do you want to have a guy who can handle the ball? Out he was there? the only ball handler they had. I don't get it. I, I think because he's still a relatively inexperienced ball handler. But I agree, he would have been a better option than what they had out there in the fourth quarter. Like they didn't have anybody to handle the ball. It was a fumble fest out there in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Nobody could handle the ball very well. Well, they could have some help coming. As I reported yesterday, I expected the Suns to sign a player to a ten-day contract. I said this on the show yesterday, and I tweeted it out last night that I do expect the Phoenix Suns to sign a player to a 10-day contract. They did. Sabian Lee. 87 NBA games over the past three years. Sabian Lee was here in camp with the Suns. They have signed him to a 10-day contract. It's just Sabian Lee. Sabian Lee. It's just Sabian Lee. What did yeah. I say? Sabian. Sabian. Uh, it's Sabian, Sabian Lee. Lee. Yeah. I bl- I bl- I bl- no, I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I believe it's Sabian Lee. Um, he was, and I only know that because he attended the high school I went to. He went to Corona del Sol. Local guy. Remember, they signed him during the preseason. Signed two local. Didn't they have two local guys yeah, in they here? Had, they had yeah. two local guys in here. He, I can't remember who the other one was, but yeah, he went to Corona. He played with Bagley when Bagley was a Corona. Um, but he played with the Suns during the preseason. He played in a couple of preseason games, he's I think. a little bit behind you on the list of most accomplished Corona Dosso grads. <laughs> he's, well, not, yeah. he's well ahead of me he's on the list close of Corona being, grads. Yeah. Way, way ahead of me. on If there's a list at Corona right now of Corona grads, he's way ahead of me, I assure you that. But, um, yeah, you had said yesterday help is coming. Yep. Um, help is here. We'll see how much he plays. I know the injury report for tonight Tonight's game against Denver is out, and it looks very similar, quite frankly, to last night's injury report. DeAndre Ayton is out. Devin Booker is out. Cam Johnson is out. Chris Paul is out. Cam Payne is out. Hmm. Landry Shamit is out. Oh, by the so, way, the Nuggets don't lose at home. And the, what, 11 straight? They they 11 straight. 11 straight? They've won Jamal Murray's kicking some ass right now and taking some numbers. So if you're going to do They don't it, lose at home. <laughs> <laughs> what? Not, did you say that right? Did you I said it right? wrong in the past. Jamal Murray's kicking some ass and taking some numbers. Yeah, names. This might yeah. be one of the dumbest shows on radio. <laughs> it's kind of a one-sided thing, but it's not numbers. That's yeah, names. Kicking ass and taking names. What's taking numbers? Is there anything with taking numbers? Uh, when I go to the deli, I take a number. <laughs> when I go to AJ's, I take a number to get my unsweetened iced tea. <laughs> you know, when I go to the butcher, I take a number. <laughs> but, but I don't know if I've ever kicked somebody's ass and then taken a number. <laughs> I got four rings, you don't. Mm, so shut up. <laughs> That's okay, Kim. But we, we love you. We love you. I just You've got that wrong in the past before. And so you said it so fast. I'm like, did he say numbers again? I think he said numbers. That's one of the reasons names. why I talk fast is... You hope nobody so notices, nobody notices that I say. don't really... 
yeah. command the language very well. Yeah, that's fine. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> so I speak so fast, so usually it goes right over people's heads because I talk so fast you don't know what... You know. See, I listen yeah. to you. Yeah. I, I might be the only one in your life, but I actually listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to every word you say. Uh, Kellen Olsen points out that as shorthanded as they are tonight, they only play two games over the next seven days. So yeah, the timing sucks tonight. Second night of a back-to-back, you're in Denver against, you know, you're in altitude, you're playing against a team that's won 11 straight games at home. After tonight, the schedule does ease up a little bit. So the Aitons, the Pauls, you know, getting some bodies back, getting a chance to rest your players who could use some rest. I will be curious, how much gas is left in the tank tonight against Denver? And do we get the same kind of effort tonight that we saw last night against Gold State? Because the Suns played their butts off last night. Is it unfair to ask that of them, ask that of them again tonight? I don't know if they're going to be able to deliver as shorthanded as they are being in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back. That's a big ask. It's probably not going to happen. I don't think it's a big ask. Ask guys to play to the best of their capabilities and help you win basketball well, games. Well, no, you and can do that until until the needle goes to empty. Yeah, and it's unlikely the that they... Yeah. What, what they shoot from three-point range last night? Like 40-something percent? So yeah. It's unlikely that Denver's rested... They're playing really well right now, and the Suns got to travel from you know San Francisco to Denver, and you're going to play any altitude. No, I mean I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect that they can keep that up. But the Suns played forty five percent last night from three. Forty five percent from three. They were monsters on the boards. They had fifty seven rebounds. They had nineteen offensive rebounds. Torrey Craig alone had. Torrey Craig was great. He was great last night, and he hit some big threes. How many threes did he hit? Uh, Torrey Craig hit two threes last hit night. Two. I think they were both fourth quarter. I, I believe, think they were both late. I believe you're correct. Did a nice job for them. Biombo played well. Damian yeah. Lee got his ring before the game from his brother-in-law. He played really, really well. It's a good win last night. It was, it was. You know what? It's just so necessary to kind of change the narrative, if just for a day or two. Texas, your thoughts? The FanDuel text line. It's open for you right now at six twenty, six twenty. So, three teams now have asked permission to interview Sean Payton. Which team is the most appealing for Sean Payton? We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo. Need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric's here with us. He's got our Twitter poll question of the day. Eric, take it away, please. Well, there was a report earlier today that the Saints have granted the Cardinals permission to interview head coach Sean Payton. What? Now, it would take a trade to get Payton to the Valley, and I know this is news to both of you. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard this one before. So, as teams have trade assets, some are more valuable than others. Today's poll question is Are you willing to part with any of the Cardinals' top assets, which we defined as the number three overall pick or DeAndre Hopkins to make Sean Payton the next head coach? You got three options. Option number one is you're willing to part with DeAndre Hopkins to bring Sean Payton to the Valley. Option number two is you trade that number three overall pick. Option number three, neither. Too much. Can't trade that much for a coach. Look, I would trade three. I'd trade you three guys to get Payton. Yeah, yeah. Duh. Send all three of you to New Orleans. You guys could do a show there. They're not going to take Hopkins. They don't want Hopkins in that contract. First of all, I'm just thinking about the three of us having fun in New Orleans. That'd be a blast. Then we yeah. would be left with the dumbest show in sports radio <laughs> oh, here, sure right? Would be. That's right. Yeah, we sure uh, would Gambo be. Gambo pushing right. the buttons, too. Whether you're here or not, I just... It's... Yeah, G- Gambo's trading us, so he stays here. Right. But Gambo's useless in the French Quarter because he doesn't drink. Just ask drink. him. He'll be happy to tell you. Um... So for uh, the three of us, yeah, we would be the dumbest. Beignets all day, baby. Let's go. <laughs> um, they wouldn't. Everyone keeps asking about Hopkins. People in the office keep asking me about what do you think you can trade DeAndre Hopkins to get Sean Payton? De- DeAndre Hopkins is a no trade clause. 
he's going to only lift that to go somewhere to somebody who's going to pay him a lot more guaranteed money because right now he's got none left on his contract. Is that the Saints? Are the Saints really going to give DeAndre Hopkins $30 million guaranteed, $40 million guaranteed, whatever it's going to I find that highly unlikely, so I don't think the Saints are going to be interested in Hopkins. But in the spirit of the question... I wouldn't trade the third pick in the draft. I would gladly trade DeAndre Hopkins you think for Sean Payton. Any chance that the suspension may avoided some things in his contract, like you including the no trade? Is any no. chance that the suspension, like a suspension, may a lot of times his language in there that if you get suspended, you use something's voided. Is it possible that voided out and they could trade him anywhere? I hadn't thought of that possibility. Yeah, if that's a thing, I suppose maybe. But if that's not a thing, then he's going to use that no trade clause. To make I, sure I just, I'm drawing money. the line on the third overall pick, man. I'm going to be, do it. I'm going to be pissed if they give up the third pick for Sean Payton. I, I'm going to be somewhat happy, but somewhat upset about it too. I can't imagine it is. What's our audience? That saying? one sitting. In- in last place, in first place, 60.7% say they would trade DeAndre Hopkins to bring Sean Payton here. In second place at 29.7% as they would trade neither the number three overall pick or DeAndre Hopkins for Sean Payton. And in third place at 9.6%, so still a decent amount of people, would trade the number three overall pick in this year's draft for him. One out of every ten, roughly, people who are responding to that poll question say they would give up the number three pick for Sean Payton. Anything to Bring a mind like that to the valley. The comments say one in three. Right? Is that what you said? One, one in three. One in, it's one 10%. One in ten. One in oh ten. my goodness! Okay. One in ten. So, so it was nine percent, nine points. Right, so they percent. draw the line like I do. You don't want to give up the pick. Yeah. Nine out of ten wouldn't give. Would up not the give pick. up the pick. One out of ten right. say they would give up the pick. All right. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. And again, the report coming from Ian Rappaport. The Cardinals have received permission to speak with Saints coach Sean Payton. Then there was a follow-up report from Peter Schrager, phrased a little bit differently. The Houston Texans have requested permission from the Saints to speak with Sean Payton. Didn't say anything about granted. It just said requested. Now, maybe that was just a, he mistyped it, miswrote it, misunderstood it, whatever. I don't know. Peter's very good at his job, but I do think that that's interesting, the difference in language there. Uh, not so conveniently, there was a story today on the athletic website. Sean Payton wants to coach again. Which team offers the most appeal for him? Um of the current openings, they talk about the Cardinals second. And in their write-up, they say the Cardinals offer a unique opportunity. The GM position is also open. Would Peyton be interested in teaming up with longtime Saints assistant general manager Jeff Ireland? Jeff Ireland. Stands to reason that he would, and the pair could align to build a roster with a shared vision. That is the key thing here to watch a shared vision to this. No, what do the Cardinals do with the GM job? You mentioned that earlier. If they don't hire a GM anytime in the next few days, that to me, I think, would be the strongest indicator mm-hmm. yet. They're leaning towards Sean Payton. If you do all these interviews and you don't hire anybody, and we're a week from today, tomorrow, a week from today is the well, the 17th they could interview, so that would be it's next a week from yesterday, Tuesday. Next Tuesday, if we get through the weekend and it's Monday and they haven't hired a GM. It may lead lead to because if I'm Peyton, I'm like, listen, don't hire a GM, <laughs> you know, because I'm I want to have a saying, I want to bring my own guy in. So if I'm if if we get to Monday and the Cardinals, you know, aren't on the verge, or, or even you know, because Tuesday's the day, yeah, yeah, I would think that that might bode well for their chances of getting Peyton. We'll see. 
Yeah, um, the the of the Broncos, they write uh, and they list them first. The job is the shiny new object on the block. The Broncos are under new ownership. The group is already taking big swings with their requests. They shelled out for Russell Wilson's contract. Um, Peyton should interview the Broncos as much as they should interview him. How much job security does GM George Peyton have? Because if he's on his last strike, Peyton might be hesitant about working for another GM. In a year or two, talking about Sean Payton, not George Payton. Right. Um, th- th- I, th- I think what you've said a couple of days ago is what I've has been speaking of alignment has been aligned with what I believe. I, I think of the current jobs. The one that should have the most appeal to Sean Payton is the Arizona Cardinals because of the GM aspect of it and the fact that he'd be given, you would assume, control of the football organizations. I think the three to be very, very frightened of are the ones that haven't opened up yet. Waiting to see what happens with Sean McVay with the Rams. Waiting to see what happens with Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Waiting to see what happens with Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Those are the three. I would be the most. I tell you what's going to happen, Mike McCarthy. They're going to beat Tom Brady's ass this weekend. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. If you're a Cardinals fan, you should probably root for that. Root for the I Cowboys. Think, I think that solidifies Mike McCarthy's employment there, yeah. and potentially takes them out of the running. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think I think you should you should root for the Chargers to beat the Jags this weekend. I think that probably takes Brandon Staley out of the equation. The Chargers out of the equation. Story on the Athletic and it says the question is whether Peyton would be comfortable with ownership. The Bidwell family has owned the organization since 1932, and it's won seven playoff games since 1932. Since 1932. The Bidwell family has owned the organization since 1932, and it's won seven playoff games. Half of the six postseason victories during the Super Bowl era came in 2008. So as a franchise that has existed for more than 100 years, no head coach has ever lasted longer than six years, um, which was talked about quite a bit that they haven't had that. So the ownership seems to be the big question. But again, it's in the eyes of the beholder. I mean, if Sean Payton feels like this is a good opportunity, I like Arizona. I like, I like, maybe he likes the roster. Maybe he likes the, and Michael's got to tell him, like, I'm going to spend money. You know, you got to, cause there is, oh, we've yeah. talked about this a hundred times. There's cap money and there's cash money. Okay. And the Cardinals were consistently spending about $50 million less than the Rams. So you've got to get a commitment from Michael, not on the cap, but on the cash. Like, are you willing to do what it takes to go get the guys that can help me win? Plus, you're going to have to pay a coaching staff. I mean, it's could get very, very expensive, and that's where you'll see if Michael's committed to doing it, it or not. It, it could, but it, it's also that's the price you pay when you're going to do business with a Sean Payton type. Yeah, it could get very, very expensive, and that's exactly the kind of commitment that you'd need to hear from Michael, no doubt. The NFL will be making history this weekend, and big news for one of the AFC teams. It just came down today. We'll catch you up next. Burns and Gambo. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. John Gambo, Dave Burns, hanging out with you live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday afternoon. NFL playoffs. We've got some news from the NFL playoffs to pass along, and it both comes from the AFC. It looks like the looks like the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens will be without their starting quarterbacks yeah. for this weekend's yep. games. Skylar Thompson apparently is going to get the start on Sunday for Miami. Tua Vailoa has not been cleared for football activities. Teddy Bridgewater is working to prepare himself to be capable on Sunday. He's coming 
coming back from a finger injury, so they're still kind of working on him. But they're saying right now, Mike McDaniel, is that Skylar Thompson is going to get the start up in Buffalo against the Bills. Ugh. Yeah, they weren't going to win if Tua played. We're going to win if Marino was playing. I think it was going to be a good game if Tua played. You did? I, I did. I think it was yeah. going to be a good. They played a really good competitive game about six weeks ago. Those two teams did. But they haven't it, been good in the last. Like, like they, they had. They, they what they lose like four or five games in a row. They weren't playing very well. They weren't playing very well, and a lot of that was because Tua. Some of that was because Tua was out. I think if Tua was there and fully healthy, I think that would have given them at least a chance to compete in that game. They have no chance with Skylar Thompson. And to be honest with you, I don't think the Ravens now have a chance because it does not appear as if Lamar Jackson is going to play. He was not at practice today, and so you're you're probably looking at the backup there, Tyler Huntley, who would likely get the start. That's probably no bueno for the Ravens in their third matchup against the Bengals. And that's too right. bad because I think it deprives us really of two potentially good games this weekend. Two games that could have been good. So I wanted the Steelers in. Hmm? I wanted the Steelers to get in. Just because you think they would have given the Bills I a just, game? There's something about like they yeah, like they they play top there. They, you know, Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen the Steelers get in and you know, this like Miami's in, but like they have no chance to they have no chance to compete or play. Yeah. So I would have liked, that's why I was really hoping the Jets would have won that game against the Dolphins and the Steelers could have snuck in. I tell you, the Baltimore thing, man. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. No contract. Nope. Didn't that's, sign that's one. That's the mistake. That's, that's the right. mistake. I, I mean, who knows what number he turned down? Who knows what number he said no to? He's kind of acting his own agent out there. He doesn't have one. Do they franchise tag him? Does he want them to franchise tag him? That's a big belief out there in NFL circles is that Lamar's like, fine, tag yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I got no problem with that. Right. You know Kyler Murray's got $190 million in injury guarantees on his contract? Mm-hmm. That's what you. That's why you do the contract. That's why you do the contract. You do the contract not because you're nickel and diamond. It's like, I need to get that protection in case something happens yeah. to me. Now, nobody thinks the Ravens won't want to try to keep Lamar Jackson around, but think about it, too. He's been hurt a lot the last couple of years. He's had to miss big games a lot the last couple of years. That's some of that stuff's kind of catching up with Lamar Jackson a little bit. This whole bet on yourself thing, it's nice, and you're looking for that Kirk Cousins payday. But if you start missing games, if you start missing playoff games, the the Ravens might decide. You know what? On second thought, we're, we're good. We just we can't give you a lot of money because of the dependability and the and whether you're going to be there for us or not. That is going to be one of the biggest stories this offseason to watch. Is exactly. Who pays Lamar Jackson? How Lamar Jackson gets paid? Is it a franchise tag? Is it something else? And what do the Ravens want to do with a quarterback who has been less than reliable the last couple of years? Can't wait to see. Tag him for one year and then just see what happens. Right? They could tag him. You could. You have built that whole operation around him. I mean, that whole offense is designed functionality-wise to work around Lamar Jackson and his unique set of skills. You're kind of already married to him if you're Baltimore, right? Like, if you, if, if Lamar Jackson is not your quarterback, you have to go in a vastly different direction in terms of your offensive coordinator, would the, you, the offense you run. But do you just bite the bullet and do what the Cardinals did with Kyler Murray and give, a, you know, give him that contract? I don't know. Uh, you because know what? That's, the, that's, the, that's what you could do and just hope. You, you could. I, bet I'm, on the player. I'm less likely to do it if I'm the Ravens now because he's missed a lot of time the last couple of years. Wasn't he out this time last year too? I mean, he, he basically was hurt the last month and a half last year. and They didn't make the playoffs because of it, if right. I remember right. So he's out last year. They don't make the playoffs. He's out this year. They make the playoffs, but they're scoring like 13 points per game without him. And they're, they're toast going into Cincinnati on Sunday. Um, 
six quarterbacks. Yeah, last year was just an ankle sprain. But yeah. he missed, you know, week missed, 14, missed the rest of the season. Yeah. And they didn't make this the playoffs. Year, yeah, this year it's the knee. He had, and he also had a back injury. He's had a concussion. I'm looking at his injury history right here. It's, I mean, it's risky. But like all of these deals are risky, but it's more risky when the guys, you know, when you're not sure what you have. And the guy and the way he plays that position makes it even more risky. No doubt about it. Six, six quarterbacks are going to be making their postseason debut. This is great. This weekend, I loved this. Geno Smith, <laughs> Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, uh huh, Justin Herbert, uh huh, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones. And they don't even put up a picture with the Dolphins. They just have the Dolphins logo because they weren't even Whoever sure who's going to be the starting quarterback. Is it Tua? Is it Teddy? Is it is it Skyler? They don't know. It's the Dolphins logo, right? Two of those quarterbacks, I think, are going to be perennial guys that make the playoffs a lot. Justin and Trevor? Yes. Those are two good quarterbacks. They're ahead of Kyler Murray. Those are those are guys that you could believe in that can lead franchises. The turnaround for Trevor Lawrence from last year to this year is just simply amazing. And Herbert was really good. We knew that. I think those two guys are going to have a lot of success in their careers. The other guys, Geno Smith. I mean, I is this a one year wonder? I think he's an average quarterback at best. Purdy. I, I mean, I think what he's done is I think he's kind of shown that hey, if the 49ers want to go in a different direction, I could be a starting quarterback somewhere in this league. I just don't know how good he is. He's got them on a five-game winning streak. I think that's interesting. The Dolphins, you know, um, I don't even think about their the, the kid that's playing quarterback for him now. I mean, Tua showed some signs early that he was going to be really good, but the concussions are a major factor there. And who was the other guy? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. He's the, Boy, in, that's a tough spot if you're ways, the Giants. He's the most intriguing one of them all, isn't he? Yeah, because he throws the shortest passes in the damn NFL, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> shorter than Kyler? He throws the shortest damn passes. In the, yeah, shorter. I mean, every, everything's a four-yard pass with Daniel Jones. I'm, 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 I'm t- I'm, I'll look up the numbers just to show you, but he's really bad at that. Like, he's, he doesn't throw the ball very far down the field, but he's, he wins some games. He definitely wins some games. Hey, he does. Uh, he's, he's, he's just the most interesting to me because I think you're right about Geno. If he's not a one-hit wonder, he's, he's not, he's not going to be good for very long. Brock Purdy is what he is. No disrespect to him, but, but that, that's a unique story. Maybe he's the next Kurt Warner. It seems highly unlikely. I agree with you about Trevor Lawrence. I agree with you about Justin Herbert. No idea what's going to happen in Miami with Tua and all that. Daniel Jones, no idea about Daniel Jones. No, no but no if you're the idea. Giants, if you're the Giants, you're in that kind of position. Like, what do you do? You know, you, you got to you got to keep him, right? I mean, you're looking at Daniel Jones. Like, I think I got to I think I got to keep this guy. We just made it to the playoffs, but I don't think you have to play him. Here's the here's the, the number him. I was looking. Pay him. I don't think you have to pay him a lot of money. Play him. Pay. Here's the number. Um, the Giants rely heavily on short passing. Daniel Jones' average depth of target is six point four yards. That's tied for thirty first among starting quarterbacks. But Josh Allen averages 9.2 yards. So Daniel Jones' average depth of target is 6.4 yards. It's 31st in the league. They don't throw the ball down the field. They had 28 pass plays of 20 or more yards in the regular season. That was the lowest in the league. You want to talk about a dink and dunk guy? They, that's the Giants guy, yeah, Daniel that's, Jones. That's your dink He'll and dink dunk, and dunk you to death. He will dink and dunk you to death, no doubt about it. We'll have a lot more on the playoffs coming up over the course of the week. But again, Tua has been ruled out, and it looks like Lamar Jackson is not playing for the Ravens. When we come back, the Coyotes starting to slip a bit following a couple of home losses. We'll catch up with their general manager, Bill Armstrong. He's by for his weekly visit next on the Burns and Gambo Show.